Welcome, boys and ghouls, to a fucking showdown episode of Halloween is Forever. I'm Brian. I'm Meg. I'm Steve. Let's fucking get into it, guys. We're <laughs> I'm all business today. I'm just going to say <laughs> I've been in the sun. I'm sunburned. I'm hungover. And I'm here. Um, and I'm just my blood's angry. I'm ready to just fucking fight with you Blood guys today. Brewing. I'm so, so mad. mad. Ready to fuck shit up today. Uh, but guys, we are here in the month of July. This is officially um, if we start, you know, if we call this year two, right, of Halloween is forever. This is officially the first showdown, right? No, no, no. Last year technically was, or yeah, last one technically was. So yeah. I'm one and zero on the year. What are you guys? Zero <laughs> <laughs> and one. Also zero nice, and one. Nice way to sh- way to, way to just, like throw You guys are both zero and one. All right. So I will I'm- say that I got the belt situation figured out. Mm-hmm. And they fixed it. They sent yeah. me more belts, so we're yeah. ready to go. I'll right. mail it to you. Yep, I've already got the 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 lucha libre championship. Yep, <laughs> that I did I'm take actually, in you June. Know, you know the one I'm giving the lucha lucha libre one. I'm actually mm-hmm. just gonna put it outside, run over it with my car a couple times, <laughs> and then mail it to you. <laughs> Give it that hardcore <laughs> title feel. Mail it in pieces, chopped I mean, up in uh, pieces. I mean, after that entrance on our live show, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like watching you. I'm just watching yeah. you, bud. Yeah, keep your head on a fucking swivel because your boy's out here for blood in year number two. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, and for those of you who do, thank you for coming out and seeing us at Hop Farm Brewing Company for our first ever live show, live recording of Halloween is Forever. It was so fucking much fun. It was a blast. Uh, the place looked incredible. Uh, Hop Farm pulled out all the stops, brought in um, an awesome uh, florist. Ceremonial Gardens. Ceremonial Gardens, who did an awesome job, made the place look so cool in the whole like May Day, May Queen theme for the for the release of the May Queen beer that Meg worked on. And then we brought our own little kind of special spooky touches to it. Um, I may or may not have lost 10 pounds because I was wearing uh, a ceremonial <laughs> Garfield robe. Um <laughs> <laughs> or it was some more of a onesie, a ceremonial onesie, onesie of sorts, but it did sure. have a hood. Um, so it was like it was like um, I, I do feel that it was religious in nature. Like, right. Yeah. We could have sacrificed you. Yeah. I, and yeah. You why know didn't what? we, Steve? Like what the I fuck? I Nobody else seemed to we be did, into it. We did get <laughs> someone created that um, arched, you know, the house that they sacrificed at the end of the movie too. Mm-hmm. So we we could have just we could have just put him in front of it and just mm-hmm. lit it on fire. I got that. I, I I I'm I'm looking at it right now, and I do need to t- send a uh, post a picture of it because um, yes, yeah, one of uh, one of our uh, our lovely um, listeners and friends who came the recording, they brought a little miniature. I don't not a diorama. What's the word I'm 
looking for. Just kind of a miniature version, I guess, that they yeah. built mm-hmm. of the uh, of the sacrificial, you know, temple from Midsomar, uh, which was pretty fucking sweet. Uh, in any case, we had a blast. Thank you again to everyone who showed up. But we've had some fucking cool episodes recently. We had Rob Jabaz uh, in a two part interview, who is the director of the Sadness, which is currently um, a Shutter exclusive, which they're pushing pretty hard right now, which you definitely should check out if you haven't already. And then last week was our um, our live episode, which was super fucking fun. And then we jump right into July showdown episode. If you guys are, if anybody out there is new to the show, first of all, you got a couple bangers lined up here to listen to. Um, but uh, if you're not super familiar with the concept and our, our kind of format here, what we do is every single week we got a new episode, um, but once a month we do a showdown episode where our social media friends have um, some suggestions for us. Steve has a big spinny digital wheel that he puts all these topic ideas on. They could be genres, they could be franchises, they could be whatever. And then we spin it three times, we get three of them, we put them out on the social medias for our, our listeners and friends to vote on, and then we uh, they help us pick which one we do for our showdown episode. Then we each pick a movie associated with that topic. And then we argue about it and we vote and someone takes home the fucking belt for the month. This month, uh, you've probably saw on the title that you clicked on to listen to this episode. It's horror remakes and reimaginations, um, which is what we're going to be talking about here, which will uh refresh your memory on what our movies are here in a second but if you do want to help us with those sorts of things in the future suggesting topics voting doing all that type of saucy shit um go ahead and follow us on the social medias if you just search for halloween is forever on the instagram or twitter or to facebook or to tiki talkies um you will find halloween is forever on there or if you want to ever send us a kind of a, an email suggestion, feel free to do that at Halloween is forever. I'm sorry, Halloween is forever pod at gmail.com. Uh, if that's how you like to communicate. First of all, let's do a real quick refresher. Remind us what movies, what remakes are we going to be talking about tonight? I chose Cape Fear. Yeah, because I just exclusively wanted to talk about Robert De Niro for an hour. Yeah. Good old Bobby. I call him Bobby because uh, we have that type of relationship. Um, yeah, he is just a greasy, sexy son of a bitch. It's greasy, sexy sociopath in that movie. Um, and uh, Steve, what did uh, what did you pick? Remind us. I have brand new to the year. Uh, Crimes of the Future by David Cronenberg. The old crones. That's a different thing. Um, no. I have been undi- I'm gone undiagnosed with so far, but um, in any case, um, yes. Uh, and that was the only one that I haven't watched the original of yet. Oh. And I tried to sneak it in and I did not. Um, I just didn't didn't have time. Full disclosure. I ran out of time. Didn't get to watch the original of that Fair one. Um, I feel like you're lucky. I will be at a disadvantage, <laughs> perhaps. But I'm interested to hear about it. And then I'll go. Maybe I'll go watch it tonight. Um, and then I picked a uh, remake of a 1956 film, which is 58, yeah, something like there. that. But the 1988 
gritty remake of The Blob uh, is the one that I picked. So, But before we get into those movies and we kind of hit it hard and start running into the fucking arguments here, let's talk about maybe a beer or two that we might be drinking. I just chugged some coffee. Uh, I drank mm, a dozen beers yesterday. <laughs> and the night before that, I got into a little bit of that old thunder chicken. Are you guys familiar with the thunder chicken? Wild turkey? Yeah, a little wild turkey 101 <laughs> and ginger ale. <laughs> drank a few of those on Friday night. Then drank a lot of dozen beers in the hot sun yesterday. Um, haven't had any beers today. So this is my first one. But um, I, yeah, I'm. Fourth of July weekend, it's it's a marathon of alcoholism uh, mm -hmm. for for me. So, what are we drinking? Celebrate here? freedom, yeah, or lack that, thereof. You know, just get wasted. Either way, it's going to get you to a better spot, and that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you guys drinking tonight? I'm going without alcohol tonight, but adjacent. I have mm. the Hoplark uh, sparkling hop water with Sabro mm. hops in it. And it's actually really nice. Yeah. I'm pretty soaked I, on it. I, I have not done the, the hop water yet. I haven't tried it. It's re actually really nice. I grabbed the teas as well, um, just looking for some alternative beery type fucking things. But mm -hmm. I was just out in Youngstown last week for a show and popped through Noble Creature. And mm. they're actually fucking around mm. with it too. And those were really nice. I'm pretty mm. sure I had one that had like Citra and then like, uh, like orange in it it was it was like very effervescent and it's like exactly what i wanted you know it was so refreshing have you visited the the new non-alcoholic shop that opened up in uh, i think it's in allentown pittsburgh i haven't but that's where my sister okay. actually works <laughs> surprisingly oh, okay. enough yeah like uh, i haven't but i uh mel who's the owner your murderous your murderous <laughs> uh <laughs> swedish twin yeah. sister uh the owner from that place open road was actually at the live show too. Oh, okay. So that was cool. Um, but I haven't been over there. What's this place about? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, so not heard Open this. Road, um, they were in Lawrenceville for a while and now they're up in Allentown and they sell exclusively mm. all non-alcoholic uh, liquor, uh, wine, beer, and then all the adjacent like sparkling waters with hops and stuff like that too. So mm. it's pretty cool. Interesting. It's like basically a bottle mm. shop if you don't want alcohol but want alcohol-like things. My sister gotcha. had me smell gotcha. this uh, tequila that she had. And the only thing I noticed, I was like looking at the ingredients. I was like, there's like a lot more ingredients in here. And I don't know if I even <laughs> just want to put this in my body. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious. Um, but more so less. I, I, I kind of approach it like I want less of the like if I want tequila, I'm going to drink tequila. But if I want something that's just close enough, I don't want it to like possibly taste like beer either, you know, or the mm. alcohol that I'd be looking to drink. I like to get like some of the the NA, you know, hop seltzers and things like that, and then uh, put a bunch of booze in them. <laughs> <laughs> That's Shot the only of way vodka I like them. for you. Actually, <laughs> yeah. that might be actually that might be great in something like this. So you get like mm. the hop ginger character. ale. Technically, is an NA seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I just drink ginger ale. Pour <laughs> a little thunder chicken in there. No, I get it. I get it. I mean. Uh, I don't. I'll be honest like, with you. I, I don't. don't but <laughs> I don't a hundred percent get it. But I, I just like. I listen, feel like I got. I I'm got not trying tainted. to yuck anybody's yum. I got tainted when we tried the um, what's the brew dog one on the one episode? You are. Oh, you remember my butt. face? They are. That all was butt. the worst thing yeah. I've ever had in my entire life. Brewdog sucks they ass. Do. Yeah. Can more I just say that across the board? Yes. They just Fuck blow. Brewdog. We're not sponsored yeah, not by the, Not listen, and I won't. I'll even say this because I think a lot of uh, uh, of people get 
tied in with like uh what's the fucking like tired hands for example oh, you yeah. know, everybody's like oh fuck tired hands it's like yeah fuck that guy mm-hmm. And fuck the people who are like defending that guy and sure. like, and, 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 uh, uh, you know, fucking, what's his name? Gene, something or other. Join to- uh, Gene Toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck that guy. Can that be a and fuck please? people, fuck people who are insulating him and protecting yeah. him and defending him. But like, every single person who has ever worked at Tired Hands or every single person who's ever worked at Brewdog isn't him sure you know what i mean but but also like fuck those companies mm-hmm. you know what i mean so but i do feel bad because sometimes you know people are like like a, a a friend of mine like you know she she used to work for tired hands and she's like fuck it really sucks working for a company that it's she's like i didn't do anything wrong i didn't mm-hmm. even know about any of this mm-hmm. now all of a sudden i'm a piece of shit too like yeah anyway i worked for a founders brewing company for quite a while so i'm sensitive to that too because right. like, i, I didn't you. do anything wrong <laughs> I, I worked there before they did shit and like, let's make I knew it clear though too stuff. even like yeah. i hear you because i uh like at the same time, it's like hard to sometimes leave a job, especially if maybe you're getting well paid. It takes you know? a while. Yeah, What's well, so the same like, thing? Like, but I'm with you, and like, it's like fuck the people who are doing the bad shit, and fuck the companies or the people around them, like keeping mm-hmm. them in place. I mean, in John's case, like, what the fuck? He's kind of back. Like, why? Oh, yeah, why, 100%. why? Why did did he ever even go away? You know. Yeah, I think it was for like uh, a hot sack, and then he then he jumped back in. But yeah, no, don't not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying uh, not fuck tired hands. I'm just like every single person who's ever touched tired hands. It's like the, saying, uh, if you see Jean, uh, go uh, kick him in the balls, spit on him, do yeah. something. But I, it's like a, it's like a, every single person who ever was in a Harvey Weinstein produced film right. isn't right. a horrible piece of shit who supports Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, people, you know what I mean? The people dying in Amazon warehouses aren't garbage. It's the owners <laughs> of Amazon warehouses that are garbage. That's a great analogy as well. Um, oh but gosh. anyway, goddamn, let's get back on this track. That Brewdog NA beer sucked ass. So bad. It was re- really bad. Please take it off the shelves. You, you guys want to talk about what I was drinking? Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> I came I came into this episode fucked up, so <laughs> Oh fun. I have I have a bottle of uh Chumcherum Sunhari Apple Soju from Korea. Oh, oh yeah. You've been you've been slamming soju for about twenty hours now, I yeah, think. Fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have never had soju. Never had it. I, or maybe I did and I don't remember. I don't know. But I know if, what you it need to, like. if, if you need to get to a place quickly, that's mm-hmm. it'll take you there. Oh, it, yeah. It is. It is like twelve to seventeen percent. Whoa, it is six bucks a bottle. Whoa, yeah. Is it super sweet? It, not terribly. No. So like, what? What is it? Tell me. I, I mean, I feel I'm very ignorant to yeah, what yeah, even no, it is. Yeah, I, I like. I I just started learning about it because. Mm-hmm. Just because people were talking about like, oh, there's this really cheap alcohol that's super, you know, I was like, where the fuck do you get it in PA? And you actually get it at Wine and Spirits because mm-hmm. um, they, they classify it as imported wine. Is this like but a Mad Dog replacement? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mad Dog <laughs> fucking tastes terrible. This tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it is, is it rice wine? It's, yeah. It's basically mm. like a, a really cheap rice potato vodka, mm. but it's flavored with like uh fruit flavors and so like the apple one tastes basically no different than just like a granny smith apple woodchuck mm, but okay. it's 12 percent shit you, you just blast the fuck off <laughs> <laughs> it's zoom zoom juice yeah. <laughs> zoom 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Zuzu yeah. juice. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. And that's why gotcha. I investigated it because I, I was hearing rumors of something. Steve, this- Steve's been deep in research for, like I said, about 20 hours. Um, I know. Yeah. Because I saw you post something about it on Instagram. You're like, oh man, I, I am fucked up on Zuzu. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two in the morning or something. It is, uh, hey, look. I, I, I was looking for it, and then I just got a good line about where it is, and it's surprisingly in Beaver County. So yeah, you have a soju guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have a soju wow. place. I mean, it is just wine and spirits, but yeah, yeah. went and got some, and uh, got a couple flavors, tried them out. So far, apple is my favorite because it just tastes mm-hmm. like cider. Yeah. Uh, the strawberry one's a little medicinal. Mm. So, but it's not terrible. It's still better than just drinking like you know pinnacle vodka so yeah hmm. yeah i will definitely try that and this just reminded me of their place in the south south, south side called the library which i don't know if it exists oh, anymore no, oh yeah i remember do that you place. remember the library I remember it, yeah we used to go uh me and my cousin used to get on there and they did a thing where it was like from four to six on the weekdays they had like a pretty good draft list but that from four to six on the weekdays they had that like every imaginable flavor of pinnacle vodka like probably <laughs> legitimately 60 flavors it felt like yeah. and you could and it was like any pinnacle shot was like two dollars or something like that from four to six yeah. and they would mix them all together and do all this wild shit so we'd be yeah like <laughs> just picking shots for each other but like all right you have to do bubblegum root beer and then they'd mix them together we'd be like oh fuck and then you have to do like tomato and oh my candy God. or whatever yeah we would just mix crazy <laughs> shit together i think that's where i first tried the swedish fish pinnacle vodka that's oh so same funny. yeah we definitely used to that was one that we was like a yeah that was a go-to mm-hmm. was the swedish one. fish vodka that's that's i feel like everyone kind of has a library story like that because everyone was mm-hmm. super young and wanted to find the cheapest place to drink oh yeah and that was the spot to do it yeah we were in like our <clears throat> early to mid 20s we were just trying to get fucked up for ch- as cheap as possible mm-hmm. you know it was great and they had good food too yeah either uh, either the library or you go down to the white eagle and they had a uh, they had oh, rocket yeah. fuel for 20 bucks they like Dude. actually let me they at uh, the white eagle they actually did a flaming dr pepper for me one time i was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had one night with i did have i remember I have this one distinct memory of one of the worst uh drunkenness i've had ever and it started at the library we definitely ended up the white eagle and it finished at d's and i don't <laughs> remember a lot after that <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a straight DJ bar crawl. <laughs> <laughs> I love to go to uh, we uh, my my friend uh, from high school used to be the bouncer at uh, at the White Eagle um, on the weekends. So yeah, we just would get charged for like one in five drinks, and it nice. was a lot of fun. But um, anyway, speaking of what I'm boozing on here, I have uh, working my way through this Von Trapp variety pack I still have here. So I've got a little Von Trapp Hellas Lager beer um, that I'm getting after. And listen, it's 4th of July. Um, You know, I'm like six weeks from starting to slam. Not even six weeks. I'm a month from slamming Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. So I am getting all my Hellas and Pilsies and all that stuff out of the way, 4th of July weekend through July. Then when my birthday hits, uh, by August 13th, I've already drank Oktoberfest for two weeks, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. now I'm getting into pumpkin beers. Mm -hmm. 
which they've been on the shelves, you know, a month beforehand. But you know, yeah, at that point, yes. I, I mean, I know our Oktoberfest at, at Sly Fox, we started canning last week. Oh, nice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. You know what I want I want you to do for your birthday this year is um, mm. just get a picture taken of you in like a baby pool with a bunch of pumpkin beers around you. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I think I could probably figure out a way to make that happen. All right. Let's get into this motherfucking set of flicks here. So, um, so you boy, once again, don't mean to rub it in, but I am currently in possession of that motherfucking shoulder candy, that strap. What? Because I am the current champ. Sure. Um, yeah. First to win, first to lose. So yeah. let's go. Yeah. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, one and oh, baby, undefeated on the year. So we are going to jump into our reimaginations. I am going to do this. Hmm. 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 I think I want Steve to go first. That's good because I'm loaded. So let's then because <laughs> Steve's going to fall asleep. So Steve is going to go first. Then. You know what? I'll say, Meg, do you want to go second or third? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I feel like if whatever I say, you're going to do the opposite. No, I'm just asking you, which would you prefer? I want to go second. No, Meg's last. <laughs> so I'm going to go second. <laughs> you fell for it. <laughs> um, I actually wanted no. to go third. <laughs> you didn't know you. what I was doing. You you sniffed out my, my mind games here. Um, all right. So Steve, but either way, Steve, Steve, you, uh, you're up first. Brain wars. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, she knew what I was doing yeah. right away. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Brian, are you the one drunk here? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm the least drunk, actually. Wait, no, you're drinking NA. Um, (laughs) I'm second most drunk, and I've had half a can. Right, you also have residual, so. (laughs) I know. Oh, God. (laughs) So, yes, uh, let's get into Crimes of the Future 2022, directed by David Cronenberg. It stars Viggo Mortensen, who has become, like, I don't know, just that's become his Leo to Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese's, you know, you know, uh, that pairing yeah uh, scorsese left de niro in the dust and picked up leo said that's my boy now <laughs> <laughs> yeah he should really we warn yeah. people there may be mild spoilers i know you said you wanted oh, to yeah. kind of like okay so oh yes yeah. yeah. good call we're gonna spoil the living shit out of uh out of these movies i think probably yeah. so yeah we're gonna spoil these movies we'll probably spoil the originals as well Mm-hmm. So, like, be aware that that's all coming, and I understand that this is a new movie, so you may not have seen it, so I, I can't tell you uh, where to fast forward, <laughs> but, you know, may, maybe you would just want to until you hear Brian start talking more than me, so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Crimes of the Future, it is far more a reimagining than it is a full remake, mm-hmm. Um but I'll also say an interesting thing about this movie is even though both the original Crimes of the Future uh, th- was directed by David Cronenberg and this reimagining was, uh, it also has the longest time span between the two mm. uh, films. So, like, okay. if you think of Cape Fear, uh, the the original with uh, <laughs> Mitchum and Peck was mm-hmm. 62 right. and then 91. That's 29 years. And then the two Blob movies are separated by about 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, around that. This is 52 years. Mm-hmm. Because I did not even know until you said at the live show, I didn't realize this was a remake. Yeah. Same. So it is, again, it's not a full remake. It's right. a, it's more of a reimagining. Or a reimagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it is definitely uh, like there there are different elements in uh, in the original, but the original is far more of a uh, student film, hmm. and it, it, it just was because you know Cronenberg is from Canada, and so he made a really arty student film, and I believe even the incarnation that you can watch on YouTube for free that is uh, been re uh, like re-edited or uh, enhanced because he added like a voiceover track because I think beforehand it was just all these weird sound cues and like Meg you you watched the film right yep yeah and so like you heard like how it's just like a lot of weird sound cues of like bug noises or alarms and sirens yeah I and you're but you you've read that that <clears throat> that voiceover was specifically added later I mean it I think mm-hmm. it helped I think it fucking helped yeah yeah, yeah, because otherwise you had to figure out a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, but yeah, you, if you watch it, it's just so student filmy. You would have it's said obviously what the fuck f- a lot without that voiceover. <laughs> right. Why are they touching their also- feet? <laughs> Where is there's so much feet stuff? <laughs> uh, they're they're also just obviously is Tarantino f- involved with this, or I didn't- I just think no, Cronenberg, Cronenberg likes started. kinks. Like he just likes kinks. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Cronenberg started with feet. And then he expanded out like you get in the crash and then you get into this new crimes of the future and you mm-hmm. just see like, oh, yeah, he's he's looking to really get his kinks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the other thing is the original is just obviously all filmed on campus. You know, you can see just, you know, the, the heavy brutalism architecture that's in, you know, Ontario and Toronto, which I think is where he's uh, where he's from in Canada and it's just so obviously a school <laughs> and mm-hmm. he just found like the drama department and filmed in there mm-hmm. and filmed in the quad <laughs> and filmed in like their weird art structures. Uh, but yeah, the, the new film is all filmed in Greece. Everything is broken down. It destroyed. It looks like a much bleaker future as compared to the original. Um, the one big or at least the two big ties between the films are these ideas of uh, cosmetics and how they are going to affect our future in the way like cosmetics or cosmetics and just general um, convenience hmm. are so tied to our uh, tied to the way we're progressing ourselves mm-hmm. as, a, as humanity. So it's it's sounds far less dystopian. Yeah, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, in a phys- it, it, from an aesthetic perspective, aesthetic perspective, like this one, the new one was like full on Matrix almost feel to it. Oh yeah, yeah, like this one yeah. is like he really took advantage of everything that like because you see all the ships that are grounded, mm-hmm. so it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like the water has receded. You yeah, know, they, like there's a water crisis, like there's flies everywhere, so you can assume that there's just like shit rotting in the streets all the time. Yeah. Um, and just everything is dirty, like, and nothing looks good. Like, even when they go into the spaces of high society, everything mm-hmm. is dirty and shit. Did you take that as I, I really paid it that kept sticking with me. And was that meant to portray this idea, which they do talk to at one point where like humans have evolved beyond like, you know, there's a whole thing about evolution, which we won't get into yet, mm-hmm. but it's that there is no more infection. Right. So they don't really care if things are clean. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's part of it. And no one can feel pain at that point, too. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, no pain, no infection. So it's like, who cares if things are clean? But like you would think that people would still have some aesthetic preference towards cleanliness, but I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you would think, but I think that's also just part of, you know, the, the, the idea that like society in general has just collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like nothing matters is what I yeah. kind of took away from that. Yeah. yeah. It's really nihilistic. But then mm-hmm. like the, the, the big arc of this is that there are still people who care for the sake of bureaucracy, essentially. Yeah. Because you have, you know, you have all these, uh, government agents, essentially. Yeah. Uh, just to break down the plot in the most simplistic way, this film is what if the departed was really depraved? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's hard to really get into the plot without giving too much away. But uh, the again, the other tie between the original film and this is in the original film, there was a character who grew vestigial organs mm-hmm. as part of his evolution. Right. Yeah. And that was in the original film. It wasn't a big part of, part of it, but it was part of it. Okay. I was curious whether yeah. that was in the original. And then that's what's been really focused on in this film is that you have, you know, this character who like uh, played by Viggo Mortensen, he grows organs, you know, and it, it seems possibly at will or it just happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as performance art, he has them removed. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's one of the few people that can like still feel pain though, too. Right? Um, so, so the way he feels pain is that he only feels pain when he sleeps. Okay. And so the, the, they've built, and, and there's a number of people who feel pain when they sleep. And so they've built these weird, uh, beds are called orchid beds mm-hmm. and the beds move your body as you sleep. Mm-hmm. To keep you out of pain, I'm not going like, to anticipate the pain. <clears throat> yeah, right. I was almost going to say yeah. that. That was, I thought, one of the coolest parts of this movie is how they like created and imagined even the uh, almost I want to call it a high chair type thing, mm-hmm. like when you eat and it does mm-hmm. the same thing, <laughs> like the breakfast. Yeah, but it's like made of bones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, between the chair and the bed, they were the two most Cronenbergy things that ever Cronenberg right <laughs> like it, it was just they were so fucking wait can cool. I bring like, the crone bone thing in for the high chair <laughs> crone bone I did say uh, like I, I I wrote down the biomechanical rusty flesh bed and the fidgeting bone chair are the most Cronenberg-y things mm-hmm. I've ever seen mm-hmm. but still during that scene the only thing I could think of was who eats bacon like that? <laughs> when she picked it up with a spoon and bit it, I was like, that's the most far-fetched thing what in this a, movie. What a weirdo. <laughs> fucking yeah. weirdo. Guy's over there fidgeting around in a bone chair. She's, I'm like, fucking weirdo eating bacon like an idiot. Yeah. So so you bring it up, and like again, the breakfaster chair is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that I think a lot of the naming conventions of like the way institutions and equipment and things like that because like there's another thing in there called a ripcord there's another thing like all those kind of weird naming conventions also tie back into the original student film Mm. Uh, like a lot of the institutions are just like these obtusely named things like the metaphysical import export company is in the original (laughs) company or is in the original film so it's like a lot of just weird stupid shit Mm -hmm. but then like the character names are also bizarre for no reason 
mm-hmm. like Timlin and you know Saul Tensor. Like they're <laughs> yeah. not they're not names that we have currently. <laughs> no, well Saul is okay, but Tensor does right. sound like some sort of like surgical implement or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then you have like Whippet and uh Burst and these just yeah. He just has mm-hmm. like weird weird names that sound they're just they're dystopian um american gladiator names yeah yeah <laughs> you're gonna go up against burst and the eliminator burst and <laughs> coil and you know whatever else you've got whip it on the assault <laughs> yeah. yeah shooting the shooting the tennis balls right. down yeah. so yeah there, there are things that sound familiar but they're also just slightly off and you can tell that they're slightly off and that, i think that is also another theme that you find in i think it's like adrian tripod is the name of the main character. <laughs> yeah. And then you have uh, Chumpkins, I believe is another name in the original. So it's Chumpkins. Yeah, they sound right, but they're wrong. <laughs> like just yeah. something off. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think overall, this movie is a good representation of just like the culmination of all of his work, Cronenberg, that is. Mm-hmm. Because you have these themes that he's pulled from the original student film, but like you're talking about that bone chair and that all that weird stuff is definitely ripped out of like Videodrome and Existence. Like the like there's a there's a weird organ bone gun in Existence, mm-hmm. you know. So like yeah. there's there's a lot of things from that. You get elements of the fly with the plastic eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know you get. Uh, and then, like obvious, uh, obvious parallels between Crash and this, because Crash is all about you know like weird disfigurement and car wrecks and things bringing sexual pleasure. Yeah. Whereas this is about like how surgery and you know deforming and degrading uh, you know de- be doing depraved acts to your body mm-hmm. because you no longer feel pain is you know the way people experience pleasure in, in this film. Do you think it's like? Um, it's, it's almost this idea and and we, you get deeper into the meaning of it because at Mm -hmm. first it just seemed like people were just getting horny by disfiguring themselves and others basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a, and it, and it is very like a kink type thing. And it also, it's not gender, it's not gendered at all, but there is very much a, um, uh, I, I guess like a top and top and bottom type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where some people like to have the damage done to them and others like to be the one doing it. So, but it's not sadomasochistic right. or, or s- sadistic necessarily. It's actually like kind of oddly romantic. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and obviously like hypersexual, but basically anything that kind of makes you feel like biologically vulnerable Mm -hmm. is sexually exciting Mm -hmm. to, to people. Yeah. And I I think it's far more about like that sensual intimacy Mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, you have Saul and his uh, performance artist uh, partner Caprice Mm -hmm. and she gets pleasure out of performing the surgeries on him, Mm -hmm. but it's never like, you never see them together in a way like they're they don't fuck you know it, it, there's didn't never they say like something a, about that i feel like i mean i only watched through it one time so mm-hmm. um but i thought he said something about that like how he can't like maybe he can't do it there there's different allusions to it throughout the film so like 
when they first visit the registry, they're the the two people at the registry, Kristen Stewart and I forget the name of the actor, but uh, Whippet. I looked him up. It's, he's it's in like so Yorgos. many things. Yeah, I think it's yeah, like he's Yorgos in so many things. Something, but I can't remember his last name. Um, but the, yeah, the two of them together, they're like trying to suss out like the nature of their relationship, and they they Saul is very on the ropes of trying to uh say it's very professional despite even mm. though it's not professional and then there's mm. later instances between uh saul and timlin played by kristen stewart where timlin is obviously attracted to saul and trying to you know be a part of his life mm-hmm. mm. and like he he says like he's bad at the old sex mm-hmm. yeah maybe that's so, what i heard or something yeah. like that but kristen yeah. stewart she was horny as fuck for for vegan very horny oh my yeah. god <laughs> yeah she's like when they started making out that he like she like l- insisted on like looking in his mouth first. it was <laughs> yeah. like yeah it was just very yeah. like she was no yeah. it wasn't just looking in his mouth she put her fingers in his mouth yeah grabbed out a slop of slime yeah and then put it in her own mouth it is, yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. probably one of the most i don't know it, it was skin crawling yeah. But also, I kind of have to applaud Kristen Stewart for being so bold to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I have honestly not seen a lot of films with her in it. Like I saw like Panic Room. Yeah, this is the last one I remember because I don't watch Twilight. I don't watch this fucking Huntsman movies. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird because I've definitely not seen her in a role like this. Which I I think she was she. She pulled it off. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very, like I said, oh, I don't want to say cartoonish movie, but like everyone's character is is pretty exaggerated. Yeah, mm-hmm. exaggerated. Yeah. I was going to say dramatic, but no, like exaggerated on purpose, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a real exaggeration. It, it feels. Um, you, you wanted to say cartoonish, but actually, I, fe- I feel like it feels more like a stage play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. The way, I, the, way I, the especially like again, Kristen Stewart. She, she's very like idiosyncratic she's you know kind of like uh like she's playing nerdy but also just like the way she moves is just like she's very forceful she's very in in your face hyper type a kind of Mm -hmm. personality right but everyone does like everyone and again you're meant to believe this is a cultural difference in the future where like information is you know very fluid and that sort of thing i would assume where people speak in a very kind of um, like matter of fact way right like there's very little in the ways of like social pleasantries in this world right and and like the other way you get that is through um this character cope who Mm. is the head of the nvu which is the new vice unit which is the unit that is meant to stop all of these weird biological surgeries as well as their whole thing is they want to stop human evolution essentially Mm -hmm. uh because they they see that you know because of people like saul tensor with the way he grows his own organs and they see it in other people through surgery they see evolution coming about and they want to stop it. They, they, they are the old guard, but the character of cope, he speaks in a very funny way of it's not, it, 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 there's that matter of factness about it, but then he always has this kind of coy way of being like, 
oh, how do you say, or, oh, hmm, what do I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he gives himself pause when he yeah. doesn't need to. He knows what he's about to say. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, it, he, he's always playing subversive, or not subversive, um, like, coy but yeah, yeah we also was, and we totally like learned you know later on in the movie how he i think maybe he might be the most honest in that way because he was playing you know he was mm-hmm. definitely acting and because he just was like hey yeah we do have people on the inside blah 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 yeah 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 so yeah yeah but he, he's definitely um like they're all very interesting characters in the way they play things just very off the cuff up front mm-hmm. and they're not uh yeah, it is very much like a stage play, and you can you can read deeper into characters and their emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like Saul, and he has a lot of good scenes, especially like you get the one scene between him and Whippet when they're talking about the inner beauty pageant. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. way he kind of you know, has his body language shift in the very next scene with Timlin as she is like very chasing. And trying to get something yeah, out of she, him. She's got this almost like she's on. She's got this like predatory kind of approach. Mm-hmm. But he also is like because he is a like in this circle is like a celebrity. Right. You know what I mean? Like he is weirdly like a <laughs> like a sex symbol kind of for, for these people. So it's like he is being exploited or is, is very vulnerable to you know being like sexually exploited mm-hmm. but that's also kind of the name of the game for him mm-hmm. so it's it's yeah it's very strange yeah and it, again it just all leads back into like the whole artistry of it all it's like you know the art is very personal to him but like the the, the other part of this art is that caprice will tattoo his organs and then they'll remove the organ to display for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, so she gets a part of the art and then everybody else gets a part of the art because they get to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you get other glimpses of like how this world works of like the different body modifications. You have the guy who's covered in ears mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and they're just like in a dirty basement. And he's like, it, it, <laughs> It's funny the way Saul calls that, like, just, you know, escapist propaganda. Yeah. Because, because and it, you even feel it. It is that way because the guy is covered in ears and he's just like, now's the time to listen to techno music and dance with <laughs> yeah, just <yeah>. your ears. <laughs> it was very, uh, yeah, like surface level-y kind mm-hmm. of thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I even had a note of just like, I was drunk, but I had <laughs> the note of like, <laughs> Blade is going to fuck up all these weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah. It seems like he's going to come in, like they're going to start spraying the blood down mm-hmm. from the sprinkler yeah. system and he's going to come in and fuck everybody mm-hmm. up. Yeah. 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 Then you, you have like these other uh, experiences of like the, the this high art of this woman who also considers herself an art piece and allows people to perform surgery on her. Mm-hmm. And she's she's all about like defacing her beauty. And, mm-hmm. you know, like cutting gills into her face and, you know, she's about rejecting her old body, even though she is not trying to fight against anything that her body uh, currently performs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tensor is very about like rejecting what his body is trying to do. He's fighting against himself the entire time, mm-hmm. which is a lot about what this movie is about. Big spoilers for this. <laughs> yeah. The. The whole film is uh, is focused on the death of this child, and 
This is where you get some of those fly callbacks, but the child is very into eating plastic and he's very weird and his mm. mother kills him for being so fucking weird. Right off the bat. <laughs> right off that the bat. That's insane. in the first yeah. like five minutes yeah. you get a kid getting smothered. It's pretty, yeah. pretty harsh. Which so far, yeah. I mean, granted you don't see his face stuff like that, but you don't really see kids getting killed like that. Like, no, right you know, that's that true. Intense. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Start yeah. to the movie. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Uh, especially because you thought it was something else and then that's how they start the movie so yeah mm. uh, but through that kid's death his father is looking to have him uh, his body used as performance art because his father wants his organs on display to show what like what led him to be able to digest plastic why did he eat plastics mm -hmm. and it's yeah. because his father is also part of this cult of plastic eaters who have gone through the surgical, like they, they said it's like a collaborative effort mm -hmm. of people who like came up with these, these very specific set of surgeries that allow you to consume the world's waste. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it's like he, he's like, um, he is, th there's like a protocol that they've established that they believe is directly tied to like human scientific discovery and evolution mm -hmm. are one in the are one in the same yeah and that and they believe that's why everything is speeding up so bad you know so so much evolutionarily speaking where all these people are developing new organs and and all these types of things and there's a lot of gray area and disagreement among people in terms of why are humans evolving so quickly and in this way and is it a good thing is it a bad thing and you know this is the, the government stance essentially is that it's a bad thing mm -hmm. and this group of people is that it's a good thing right and we are going to embrace it so much so that we're going to use technology we have access to to make ourselves even more susceptible to this uh, evolution two right. of my favorite lines i think came out of just this scenario and one of them was i think you kind of touched on it was like we gotta we gotta start feeding off our own industrial waste and i was like oh shit man yeah. just because obviously like we have a lot of relevant things in our own society so and then the other one mm. was um when vigo's character was visiting the mom and he was like if they found your son's body and did an autopsy what do you think they'd find inside and she responded with outer space and i was like oh that's so fucking cool like i don't yeah. know mm -hmm. it was just a neat line yeah mm -hmm. yeah it, 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 i love i love that line too just because it adds like this weird like sense of like oh what are we actually going to see mm -hmm. like when that yeah. when they open them up and like you know through you know through the father you learn again like he he gained the ability to eat plastics they all gained the ability to eat plastics mm -hmm. through surgeries but then his son that was killed at the start of the film he had it naturally right mm -hmm. and so it, it, he was supposedly the firstborn that could eat plastics you know with with no problem um the he does allude though that you know the reason why vigo has so many problems you know why his breakfast or chair doesn't work with him why his bed doesn't work like why he's always growing organs is because he is the next step in evolution and it's actually possible that vigo might be uh naturally uh yeah, predisposed to this as well mm -hmm. uh, yeah the joke or the, the the big question mark too was like how did the this elective surgery that these people did 
to themselves to be able to do that, to be able to eat plastic. Mm -hmm. And they're and they're eating it in the form of these uh, uh, like almost protein bars kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so he, show, he shows them like they have a bucket of microplastics and then they melt down the microplastics into these purple candy bar like things. Mm -hmm. that they're and just, then that's all they eat. Mm -hmm. That's just that's. But um, the question mark, which you never fully get answered, is the kid. How did the kid genetically inherit some the ability to digest plastics if the surgery his father had was elected, you know, it was right, from right. surgery. Mm -hmm. It's not like it was a genetic thing. Yeah. And and so I think that's what gets answered at the end of the film, though. Yeah. Because the end of the film is Vigo finally gives in and he starts, he eats one of the plastic candy bars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like he's in his breakfast chair, breakfaster chair that's shaking him around. Mm -hmm. And he eats the plastics and it, the chair finally settles down. Right. Because he's yeah. finally at one you know the whole the whole idea is to gain balance and harmony with the techno world and by eating the plastics he finally does yeah and so i think the i think the answer to what you're saying brian is that it was it had nothing to do with the surgeries but that the father took place in yeah. like it, it's it's a thing that's happening despite itself mm -hmm. it does seem to be that 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 does seem that to be the case although they don't explicitly and unless I missed it, they don't explicitly say that v, uh, Saul mm -hmm. responds because that, that's kind of the it, it, and it actually was a really great. I know we're jumping to the end of the movie, but mm -hmm. it was a really great um, kind of cl anti climax in a way because it's like a movie where so much happens. Right. Um, and so much crazy imagery and all this stuff. But then the climax of the movie is a guy eating a candy bar looking thing and seeing how he reacts to it. Mm -hmm. And they don't explicitly show it. No. So what they show is they show, I, I think the explicit, it, what you have to read into is the fact that the chair stops shaking him around and moving mm -hmm. and that he, he just gains peace that way. Right. And then he, yeah. and then he drops a single tear out of his eye. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is like his realization and acceptance of who he is. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that you, they, do a it's it's not on the surface as well but uh, the people who'd had the surgery who are plastic eaters they're not they don't vomit up the foam like the mm -hmm. fly that dissolves yeah. the plastics mm -hmm. the way the sun does yeah but vigo is always clearing his throat yeah mm -hmm. and i think that's because he's always producing that foam to melt down the plastics so again the, these surgeries have nothing they're actually not tied yeah. It is natural human evolution that, you know, we evolve to dissolve plastic. It's just yeah. these other people caught on to it quicker and did it to themselves. I'm curious. Yeah. But it was if, always going to happen this way. I'm curious mm -hmm. if part of the inspiration for like this concept, because it's cool. I kind of think it's mm. an interesting concept a lot. But it's like for how much like microplastics that we eat or apparently right. what is it like every week? It's like eventually, yeah. <laughs> guys, better get ready for it. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Get ready to start, you know, digesting all the shit in your soap. What if I just took JR and just bit his head <laughs> off and just didn't even realize and just start eating my JR action figure? Hey, hey, it's the future, man. <laughs> yeah. You're stocking up. You're actually fully stocked, I think, for the future. <laughs> By God. Um, what if you just <laughs> um yeah so 
I didn't think about that, Steve, with the, with the clearing of the throat, which the clearing of the throat thing he kept doing, like he couldn't breathe, was really one of the most uh, un- unnerving. Mm-hmm. Like I, that really gave me the, the heebie-jeebies. I hate that idea of like not being able to breathe and there being like something kind of caught in your throat or whatever. Um, and I do remember in uh, like middle school or high school, you know, being a sh- like a stupid kid, we would, um, you know, dare each other to eat things. Yeah. And like, I'll give you 10 bucks if you eat this or whatever. So we would do that at the lunch table. And I once chewed up and, and ate an entire like bouncy ball, oh, like God. out of a quarter machine <laughs> for like 20 bucks or something. And I remember the idea of chewing it up and eat and eating swallowing the little pieces and they did not want to go down your throat like my throat was clearly like stop it stop it stop it like closing up as i was forcing it down with like drinks of milk or whatever and um that is the feeling i kept getting when i saw him like close and i didn't take it as that was the the dissolving liquid that was there which it very well could have been but in the moment i was taking that as that was his body responding to him trying to eat right yeah because you know what i mean like he's trying to they were they were doing what the plastic my throat was doing when i was trying to eat the rubber ball Mm -hmm. but it was when he was trying to eat organic food right yeah 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 yeah. when he tries to eat organic food you know it does that but like just throughout his daily life because he's not taking in what he should be which is plastic Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. like he's always getting that build-up of just yeah. you know like slime in it or whatever it is slime or foam you know he's always yeah. clearing his throat he's always choking on it he's it's almost his saliva mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's almost like a pavlo pavlov you know pavlov's dog response mm-hmm. you know what i mean when he was like you know i'm hungry so my body is producing the thing that is needed for me to get sustenance right and with how many plastic things he's around you know yeah. just in his daily life Mm-hmm. You know, he, like he's having that Pavlovian response to the wanting weird, to eat the shit he sees. But that's weird because he never seemed to have a desire that he expressed at least mm-hmm. to eat plastics. Right. Whereas like, I mean, there there are tons of, you know, physiological responses that people who have different either, um, you know, various disorders or, or, or ailments or even biological changes that are happening, like where there are, um, like, oh boy, where did I read this? But this idea of, of, uh, women who are pregnant having the desire to eat oh, soil. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Dirt. Getting pica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. they eat dirt. Because it's like something about some nutrient like iron or something like that. Mm-hmm. Their body is subconsciously telling them like that thing that it sounds disgusting is actually appetizing to you right mm-hmm. now because we know because subconsciously your body knows it has iron and you need to consume that. So you would think he would be like getting real hung like he'd be hungry right. if he saw something plastic and like be instead he has to almost like come to the conclusion on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think maybe that's just like like he he has the thought in his head, mm-hmm. but he just never follows through with it. And, he, and at the end, he does that. That is kind of supported in the sense that he's like, "All right, I'm going to try it." Yeah, mm-hmm. but also he. I mean, you kind of he kind of plays this like hero type character where he thinks he's doing something right by helping that like you know that old guard type thing of like maintaining mm-hmm. and passing along. So he might think that that even that desire is not good and yeah he's suppressing mm-hmm. it in a way yeah yeah by by helping the old guard and by always removing his extra organs 
you know, like he's fighting against the change that he knows yeah. is actually inherent in him. Mm -hmm. Did we did did you mention the fact that he's undercover? I uh, no, we didn't really talk about yeah how he's undercover working with Cope. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we already said big, big spoilers, so we're past that part. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's an undercover agent who is infiltrated this like performance art for surgery world, and he's reporting on all that. But then you also there is one of the reasons why I said it's departed but depraved because yeah. he's undercover, yeah. but at the same time, the people who work for the bureau are also trying to get into this world. So it's like they, yeah, they, they, they worship him, but they also working for the enemy, but he's working for the enemy. It's yeah, it's all there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. The thing I like about this movie the most is when you start to dip your toes into it and start to really kind of, well, you start to get your head around what's happening. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, there's a lot of like very surface level, like, um, uh, like sexual metaphors and things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. But then as you go deeper, you're peeling back layers of the onion to the point where it's like, it's not just sexual, it's like bodily autonomy mm -hmm. and, 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 um, everything gets confused between like all your biological functions are being shuffled around. Right. You know what I mean? Food is work and pain or biological functionality is sex. And it's just, it, it, yeah, it's all, it's kind of all mixed yeah. together. You and know it, what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's one of the, like the interesting things of like the characters in the film, because they all exist on these different levels Mm -hmm. of that realization as well like obviously Saul gets down into the deepest and you Caprice kind of follows him but she doesn't know him as well as either but then mm -hmm. like you have Timlin who is very much on the surface of you know this surgery is sex and like you even see like how surface level she is in the crassness of the tattoos she does mm -hmm. on the organs at the end yeah so yeah you, you see you you see how deep these different levels of people are so, yeah. Uh, uh, Wait, overall, you might have I, just I'm, revealed something to me. So with the boy, and again, more spoilers here, with all the tattoos, yeah. that was Timlin? That's the person on the inside? Yeah, Timlin, Timlin was on the inside. She's the one uh, that did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I like fully, because I was thinking it was like those other two chicks that were like starting to kill people and blah, yeah. blah, blah. blah but. Uh, yeah, Cope, Cope says it very explicitly in their last meeting. Mm. I kind of didn't like how explicit it was. Yeah. I, yeah. It bummed me out a little bit because like this movie was like leading you to a lot of different conclusions and I like the nebulous nature of it. Mm -hmm. And then that like it wasn't necessarily an exposition dump, but I do think they spoon fed that part in a way that didn't need to be there. Yeah. It was at odds with the rest of the movie a little bit. Kind of. But again, everybody speaks very matter of factly and they lay everything out. Yeah, so. it didn't seem unnatural in conversation. Right. I just wish it wasn't as I wish it was more show don't tell like they would had caprice you know um do something that you were like oh I guess she is the mole you know what I mean because right. the whole time the story is being told from the perspective of Saul mm -hmm. and Saul is the one who is working towards this greater good thing but like Leonardo DiCaprio in the parted he's getting caught up and being slowly um there's a lot of gray area for what he actually believes 
and that is becoming at odds with his ultimate mission. Right. So, yeah, uh, you do you do get some bits of Caprice, but like maybe a couple more scenes like with Caprice and Timlin. You know, mm-hmm. like if Caprice showed Timlin how to tattoo organs, it would have made it it would have made it click in a more show don't tell way than just having Cope say it at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and well, so and then here's the other wait. Hold on, I'm getting them mixed up. Okay, Caprice was in the inside, not no, no, no. no I mean, no. Tim Lim's on the inside, not Caprice. Chris, yeah, Kristen Stewart's character was the one who tattooed the organs yes. on the boy. Yeah, correct. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, but but um, Tim, Lim, I thought I, I for some reason I heard it in reverse, and I was like, wait, do we need to okay. clarify? We're talking about two different people. I might no, have no. misheard you though. But yeah, like they're very clear throughout the film that Timlin really wants to be the new Caprice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there was like a scene between Caprice and Timlin where like. Caprice took her on as like an apprenticeship or something and like yeah. showed her how to do what she does, mm-hmm. then maybe it would have clicked a little better without. That's all I was saying. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Overall, um, overall, the film is, you know, like I said, it's much more of a reimagining, but it's also a culmination of everything that, you know, Cronenberg has done. You see so many elements throughout the film, but yeah, uh, great film. I love it. I will yeah, watch it again. I really fucking liked it a lot. Uh, like I said, that it wasn't perfect. There were some parts that I was like, eh, you know, and it, and it's any movie like this that is so um, bold, bold, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in its take. Like it's just there's gonna be some some bridges that you have to cross yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, I, I definitely. Uh, shut that one off and was like what a fucking movie mm-hmm. yeah he just cronenberg the fuck out of that yeah. thing um it was i thought it was fantastic yeah. i, I will watch that movie yeah. for sure a lot more and, and and then again it's just like because there's that 52 years that separate mm-hmm. like his original student film and this film you get to see like how far he's come mm-hmm of just like all the you know visionary things because like honestly that that original 1970 is a rough fucking watch if mm-hmm. you've never been in film school you're probably yeah. gonna hate it <laughs> so let me ask you this because i didn't again i i didn't watch the the original beforehand yeah. and now i'm kind of almost glad that i didn't mm-hmm. because it left more surprises for me to discover mm-hmm. but does it really like is there enough because it sounds pretty pretty wildly different yeah yeah so if I were to watch the first movie, if I were to watch the first one first, mm-hmm. would that have like sp- not spoiled, but like led me to make conclusions earlier, perhaps no. on certain things? No, no the, it doesn't sound like the, it. Right? The story is very different. You, it's more about like the other elements that surround. And like I said, this is much firmly more in the reimagining mm-hmm. than it mm-hmm. is remake because it's not a remake of the plot. It's a reimagining of the world. I think because, it'd be really mm-hmm. cool to see like this potentially be something he would reimagine over and over again, but like mm-hmm. do it well like this one was. Because I think right. you can take the idea and the stories and but have a totally different story, totally different environment, um, and do something really cool with it. Yeah, um, yeah, because the the original is definitely about human evolution at odds mm-hmm. with like product right. and consumerism. Like that that's definitely a huge part of it. And then, you know, like I said, there's the one character who grows vestigial organs 
that it is very obviously the the inspiration for Saul Tensor. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the the two stories aren't very aligned right. at all. It's interesting, but it does feel it does sound like a very natural progression of the idea mm-hmm. where in 1970 they were worried about the, the effects of consumerism mm-hmm. and now 50 years later consumerism has done the thing that it predicted right so now the waste associated with consumerism is the bigger risk yeah. because mm-hmm. n- yeah. now now we're having to deal with the symptoms of the problem right. because we've let it We've let it uh, fester for so that, long. That's a very astute way to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's very much, yeah, because they're, they're afraid of like, in the original, they're afraid of like the the cause, uh, they're afraid of like the chemicals and everything in the cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And eventually what it is, is the cosmetics cause a disease that kill basically all uh, post-pubescent women. Oh, okay. Yeah, so very different. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this is almost a a sequel in a way yeah yeah it, it's almost a sequel or possibly anthology in a way but yeah, yeah, yeah there's certainly a, a continuation yeah now is the person who grows the organs in the first movie uh named saul and much younger <laughs> i don't think they give them a name even okay but they are younger right. yeah <laughs> because everybody in the film is a college student so what i'm saying is uh what I'm saying Brian's is, really driving this one home this right is now. a just sequel, and it, are you disqualified? <laughs> no, it's not a sequel. <laughs> is this a sequel, and are you disqualified? No, it's not a sequel because there's <laughs> okay. obviously women I in al- this film. I also <laughs> thought I was like that that um the remake or reimagining. When I was watching these two, I was just like, man, we can't fight them too hard because it's in theory reimagining. <laughs> You, but, yeah. you want you want to be careful. No, I'm being an asshole. It's clearly not a sequel. I just was being a dick. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Yeah, oh, you didn't fuck. even see it. You can't you can't win. I know, I can't. That's why I'm trying to talk you into your own demise no, here. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's a very hard reimagining, but again, yeah. fifty years. You have to, you know, come but up I with also something. Wanna, new. Let's make a point to say too, you brought this like topic into the whole thing is that you felt like Crimes of the Future brings in all these elements of Cronenberg. So if we're really oh, yeah. thinking about the it's originality both. of this, is it really super original and a really great reimagining of something that was super original 50 years ago? Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a reimagining <laughs> of the original film, but it's a culmination of all his work. For yeah, sure. he's he can't he can't rip himself off. Yeah, yeah it's all his, he, it's all his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just like fucking with you right now. <laughs> you can try. But it's, you it's can like always reference your. You're. All, it's always safe to reference yourself. Yeah, it, this isn't yeah. Tar- again. This isn't Tarantino stealing from everybody else. Sure. Yeah. And st- Tarantino stole feet from Cronenberg. <laughs> Cronenberg is the original kink monster yeah. of Canada. The original feet. That's guy. a T-shirt, kink monster of Canada. It's just a picture Definitely. of Cronenberg, but it's not even it's it's not even from like this movie or anything. It's him playing uh, the killer in Nightbreed. Okay, <laughs> I was actually I was actually gonna make it David Lynch because. <laughs> That would be even funnier. They look similar. They look similar. They do look a little bit similar. Yeah. Yeah. Just a frock of white hair. (laughs) Yeah. The only difference, I think, is if they just put a different nose on them. Yeah. That's the only difference. (laughs) One of them wears glasses and has a... They have different shaped noses. That's it. Yeah. Um, Actually, what if David Lynch is just david cronenberg's alter ego where he just puts 
when he becomes Cronenberg, he just puts one of those glasses and nose combinations on. God. <laughs> and now he's Cronenberg. And then just funny. yells. <laughs> and then just, yeah. But All right. That's Crimes uh, of the Future. It's Crimes of the Future, boys and ghouls. Continued in part two.